It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of PanthersWire.com hitting you guys back up. Hope you guys are having a good week. Enjoying what has been a crazy sequence of events lately over the last few days. We're going to catch up a little bit on them here. We're going to take a look at the combine, kind of recap some of the things there. And no little some of the other news, because certainly this week has been very busy in that sense. Uh, but certainly the first thing we're going to talk about, of course is the news that the Panthers made yesterday, which was, of course, Friday. That, of course, was the trade involving the Panthers and the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. The Panthers traded cornerback Daryl Worley to the Eagles for wide receiver Torrey Smith. Obviously, a really interesting trade from the Panthers' perspective and that they bring in bring in a receiver in Torrey Smith, who you know he he had his moments with the Eagles, but um, with the way the contract was structured, it wasn't. It's not really a shock that the Eagles were ready to move on from him anyway. So the Panthers bringing him in is kind of intriguing. You know, there's there's no guaranteed money. Uh, but he is—he does count about five million dollars, I believe, toward uh, toward the salary cap. Whereas Darrell Worley, of course, was really, really cheap. So for the Eagles' perspectives, look at—yeah, it was just a straight, simple um, five million dollar cap hit for for Torrey Smith. Um, looking at the contract on spot rack. He did have a club option due by March 14th for 2018 and 2019. Obviously, you would think that the Panthers would probably pick that option up now, making the trade. But it, it's really interesting that they bring in a, a guy in Torrey Smith, going to be 29 years old, $5 million cap hit each of the next two seasons. You know, they, they obviously need playmakers, but... Torrey Smith wasn't exactly the guy I expected that they'd be uh, making a play for. You know, the fact that the Eagles were able to make this kind of move, bring in a cheap cheap cornerback like Daryl Worley. Now, granted, of course, you know, Daryl Worley wasn't the greatest cornerback in the NFL last season. He only gra- he graded out as the number 89 cornerback by Pro Football Focus. 
so he really didn't have a great season. But I think with the Eagles, where he's probably not going to be hard-pressed to be a starter, he can come in and be kind of a depth guy. It could, I think it'll be a good fit for him. You know, and it wouldn't surprise me at this point now, too, if the Eagles move Ronald Darby as, again, they're, they're a team that's looking to shed cap space because they're over the cap. And, of course, you have to be under the cap by Tuesday, which is when the new league year starts. So Eagles wheeling and dealing. So for them, it saves a, about a little less than $4.5 I believe. Because Daryl Worley, I, th- I think, was only like about six figures. Uh, the Panthers, of course, had the cap space. They Before this trade, they were about $24 million under the cap. So it it's not like they can't afford it. It's just really interesting to me that they went ahead and made, made this move. I still wouldn't rule out them taking a wide receiver, potentially with the first pick. You know, if a guy like... I don't know if Cortland Sutton's going to be there. Um, Calvin Ridley, of course, has now been an interesting topic for debate because of his combine performance. You know, there there were certainly some people that weren't exactly impressed with him. There's some saying he may have fallen out of the first round with his with his combine performance, and we'll take a look at that in a little bit but I, I wouldn't rule I wouldn't rule that out or maybe in the second or third round with some of the receivers we've talked about in the past on this show a guy like Deion Kane of Clemson or DJ Moore of Maryland uh, Christian Kirk of Texas A&M there's a, there's a lot of options I think that they could still pluck at in the draft so I'd you know, so Torrey Smith isn't exactly a guy that's going to move the needle when it comes to uh, when it comes to the offense and the weapons that are out there. So interesting move to say the least, but in the end, and again, it could be, you know, it could only be a one-year thing because again, there was no guaranteed money. All all the guaranteed money was up front. So they they could easily move on after next after next season and wipe that five million dollars off the board. So it'll be really interesting to see how they do moving forward. And again, for the Eagles, they shed cap space, which was probably the biggest reason they made this deal. Uh, they get a little they continue to get younger cornerback. So again, I think I think the next the next interesting move for them is going to be what they do with Ronald Darby because I've been hearing rumblings that he could be on the move as well. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Let's talk about the combine and some of the impressive performers overall because we didn't get a chance to touch much. We we talked a little bit about some of the about the early portion, but now we'll kind of take take things a little broader. And let's actually talk about the wide receivers and some of the more impressive uh, performances here. Uh, fastest 40 
among wide receivers was DJ Chark of LSU, a 4-3-4. In fact, only two receivers ran a sub 4-4 in the 40. That was Chark and and Marquez Valdez Scantling of South Florida, who ran a 4-3-7. Ridley, we just talked about him. He ran a 4-4-3, so obviously that, that's a good 40 time. Again, there's some that uh, I guess were a little, little leery of some of his, some of his numbers. Uh, he did run a, he only put up 15 reps on the bench press. He had a 31 foot or 31 inch vertical jump, 110 inches on the broad jump, three cone of 688, and 20 yard shuttle of 4 441. So, you know, take take that how you will. I uh, measured in six feet one ninety or one eighty nine, excuse me, with nine and an eighth inch hands. I, I mean, he's still going to be one of the the top receivers drafted. You know, whether that means he's a guy that the Panthers look at at twenty four remains to be seen. You know, or maybe they, like I said, wait to the later rounds or the middle rounds to start plucking some more receivers. Uh, I talked about a guy like Christian Kirk, 44740, 5'10", 201 pounds, 9 and 7 8, 7 inch hands, which I say not 5x fast, uh, 20 reps on the bench, 35 and a half inch vertical, which is very good, 115 inches on the broad. Three cone drill of 709, 20 yard shuttle, 445. He also ran the 60 yard shuttle in 12.03 seconds. Look, we've talked about how dynamic of a playmaker Christian Kirk was at Texas A&M. He was probably the best offensive player for the Aggies, and obviously a contributor on special teams as well, returning kicks. So. You know, this is a guy that can come in, be kind of a compliment to Devin Funches, and also return kicks. You know, maybe return punts, take a little, take some pressure off of Christian McCaffrey. You know, because he's he's got some speed to burn. You know, he, you could tell he plays he played fast when he was at A and M. You know, four four seven forty notwithstanding, which is still a good time. You know, so I I expect Kirk to. To definitely be one of the higher receivers taken, you know, I wouldn't be surprised again if he's on the Panthers' radar again. Maybe even at 24, you never know. He could have, you know, it only takes one team to f- fall in love a lot with a player that he, um, fall in love with a player and take him a lot higher than maybe us in the media expect him to. And Kirk can be that guy. You know, I don't, I don't know how many people have him as a first round pick, but. If he if he's picked by the Panthers at 24, I certainly uh, would not argue it. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. A couple couple other intriguing guys. Traquan Smith, 44940 out of Central Florida. He's he was another solid playmaker down there. You know, Shaquem Griffin wasn't the only uh, wasn't the only impressive player from Central Florida. And you know, just just touching on that real quick, just what an impressive performance by Shaquem Griffin. Four three eight forty. 20 reps on the bench press. You know, the the kid is obviously just a fantastic athlete. You know, he, I had the pleasure of getting to watch him at the Senior Bowl. And his 40 time just kind of confirms how athletic and how fast he is and how fast he plays. This is a guy that you could just put out there on the edge and just let him... Let him go nuts. Just let him get after the quarterback. He could just be one of those guys that could be a a pass down specialist. You know, if you just want him to rush the passer, he'll give you that kind of value. Uh, they they gave him a couple practice reps at safety as well too, because Griffin actually began his college career as a safety before moving to linebacker. So he's kind of versatile in that aspect. And look, let's let, let's kind of talk about the elephant in the room. I know there have been questions about can he tackle. He'll be fine. He'll he'll be just fine. It wouldn't be the first time that we've seen players have like a cast or something on their arm that they may not have been able to fully use the arm or fully use their hand. Now, obviously, it's nothing compared to not having a hand at all, but, you know, it, it's, it shouldn't really be a deterrent that Griffin has shown that he could still tackle at a, at a pretty high level. And again, with his speed and the way he'll be able to get past offensive linemen, I really don't see how he, he's going to have an issue in the NFL. Now, would I take a high pick on him? Probably not, because again, you're talking to someone that his specialty may just be rushing the passer, which is obviously pretty important. But some of the some of the buzz I've been hearing is there there may not be a set position right now for for Shaquem Griffin, you know, and it's reasons like that, like you, you know, you're kind of that tweener player on the edge, and sometimes that kind of causes you to fall down the board. But yeah, I, I I would take him. I think he's definitely worth a top 100 pick, and he, and he very well could go that high. I think, especially with with combine numbers, I'm sure he's gonna. I'm sure he definitely opened a lot of eyes when it comes to NFL scouts and building a draft board. So, you know, all all the best to him. I really hope he does well and. You know, fingers crossed he goes as high as he can, so we'll see. I also want to talk about a couple of the safeties here, too. Because certainly the Panthers have a needed safety, especially after... I mean, I think even if they didn't cut Kirk Coleman, eventually Coleman wasn't going to be there. This kind of just 
speeds up that process now. Troy Apke was the fastest safety in the 40-yard dash at 4-3-4. In fact, he was the only safety under 4-4. Really wasn't on the radar coming into this whole process. Really, the only, there was only one safety out of Penn State that people were talking about, and that, of course, was Marcus Allen. But Apke kind of made a name for himself, so I went back and I watched a little bit of his film. And he's got some speed. You know, he's definitely fast on the field. He's shown the ability to diagnose a play. He's able to find the – he has a nose for the football. Uh, he tackles pretty well. So – you know, Marcus Allen may not be the only Penn State safety drafted. I think Apke has shown that he's at least worth a look. You know, bring, get him in there and see see what he can do. If anything, I think he can he can help on special teams. You know, with his tackling skills. Uh, just looking at his numbers, quick: 16 reps, 41 inch vertical, which is pretty impressive. 131 inch broad jump. Which is very nice. That's about uh, a little over ten and a half feet, which is a very good number for an athlete. Uh, six five six five six three cone drill, which is very impressive, and a four oh three twenty yard shuttle, which is uh, which is also very good. So he he, de- he definitely tested well. Now it's a matter, of course, of what if how NFL teams think he could do on the field that will kind of determine if he gets drafted or how high he gets drafted. But again, just from watching him a little bit, I, th- I think he's definitely worth a shot. Uh, definitely someone I think that can come in and be of value to your team. Uh, Justin Reed came in at 4-4-0. And I was actually listening to Locked on Patriots yesterday, good buddy, my good buddy Mark Schofield, of course, go check him out. He was referencing an article written elsewhere, and I forget the name, unfortunately, right now, but um, he was referencing an article that talked about Justin Reed, safety out of Stanford, and he mentioned how Reed was very versatile and played multiple positions at Stanford. So I think he so he's definitely a name that's gonna start to possibly rise up draft boards. And again, a very good uh very good combine performance. Four four forties, sixteen bench reps, thirty six and a half inch vertical, hundred twenty eight inches on the broad jump, six six five three cone, which is very good, four one five twenty yard shuttle. Again, the three, the three cone and the the shuttle, those kind of numbers are important because it kind of shows your change of direction skill, which certainly for a defensive back is quite important because you're typically backpedaling and then you got to quickly move up field fast, especially if you're going to be one that is going to come up and support the run. Reed was a guy, I believe they said, other than safety, I think he played outside a little bit. I think they said he played 
uh, linebacker a little bit. So he's definitely a guy that you can kind of move around and uh, and kind of tinker with. So he'll he'll probably end up being a pretty early pick, maybe a day two pick. You know, could he could he be on the Panthers' radar if they don't go safety with the first pick? You know, so he's a name to watch out for. And of course, speaking of safeties, obviously the Derwin James is the name everybody's talking about. Four four seven forty, forty inch vertical, hundred thirty two yard broad jump. You know, we, we knew we knew the kid was an athlete, and I think he has probably solidified himself as probably a top ten to twelve pick. You know, in fact. In writing about the Bengals a little bit now, too, that could possibly be... If, if James is there at 12 for the Bengals, I don't know if he's going to get past there. Uh, but if he does fall, somehow, you know, I have to think the Panthers would definitely be interested if somehow, some way, the opportunity is there. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention one more guy, too, that I'm pretty intrigued by his versatility, and I've heard people mention, too, he's pretty versatile. And that's Saron Neal of Jacksonville State. He's kind of a guy that can play kind of anywhere in the defensive backfield. Uh, he'll probably probably be a, a later mid-to-late-round pick. But I think he's definitely a guy that can come in and, like I said, kind of fill both shoes at both safety and cornerback. So I think whoever gets him is getting themselves a a pretty solid player. Cameron Kelly's kind of in that same boat too. I think he's he's had experience on both sides. The kid out of San Diego State. So there's a couple guys here that you, I think you could bring in. You'll get some some pretty good tacklers. And you can kind of play him in multiple spots and kind of see where he best fits. So those are just some of the interesting names or some some names to know, especially at the positions of need when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the Panthers. I do also. Figure I might as well touch on this a little bit too. You know, obviously stepping away from the Panthers, but big news out of the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. You know, so I just want to touch on that real quick. Really, really making moves on Friday, as I'm sure a lot of you are aware. Got themselves a new quarterback as they traded for Tyrod Taylor from the Buffalo Bills. Acquired Jarvis Landry from the Miami Dolphins, and acquired Demarius Randall, the defensive back from the Green Bay Packers. So I guess you're kind of starting to see the Browns' plan 
kind of come to fruition. I mean, you knew eventually they were going to get aggressive at some point. They had all this cap space, and now they're going to, now they're obviously going to start to use it. Do I think it's going to stop them from taking a quarterback high in the draft? No. I actually still expect them to take a quarterback, probably Sam Darnold, with the number number one overall pick. I know people are starting to peg them maybe taking Saquon Barkley with the number one pick, but I think eventually, I think you still got to try to find, especially now that you've traded Deshaun Kaiser, because remember the Demer- the, the Demarius Randall trade with the Packers also involved them. Deshaun Kaiser was also involved in that deal. He's now in Green Bay. So just one season with Cleveland after being a second-round pick, and he's already been shipped. That said, though, I think it's better for Deshaun Kaiser because we knew Cleveland was going to take a quarterback. At least now he can go to a, go to a place in Green Bay where he can sit and develop you know, maybe Green Bay moves on from Brett Hundley after this, and maybe they let Kaiser be the backup and work with him and get to learn behind Aaron Rodgers. And in Cleveland, of course, you know, you obviously still have a guy like Cody Kessler behind these guys. Again, I still think they eventually draft a rookie, and your week one depth chart will probably be something along the lines of Tyrod Taylor starting Whichever rookie, again, I'm still saying Sam Darnold, because I just think, just I, I just think that's the way they're gonna go. I, I wouldn't take Darnold number one. I mean, if if I'm picking a quarterback first, I'm taking Josh Rosen. But my gut tells me that Darnold is gonna be the pick if they go with the quarterback, and then maybe a guy like whether it's Kessler or Kevin Hogan, whoever. And then bringing in Jarvis Landry, at least you finally have a good weapon, especially, you know, hopefully Josh Gordon is cleared of everything. He should be back, um, ready to go now for a full season. So you you have a guy, you have guys like Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, still have Corey Coleman in the mix, you know, if he can stay healthy. Now at least you've got some weapons. And, you know, if you do get Saquon Barkley – I mean, that's obviously a fantastic offense that you're looking at. Even if you don't get Barkley, I think you could still get a good running back with one of your later picks. Because remember, they didn't touch any of their first five picks. They they are still in their position of having five of the first 65 picks in the NFL draft. Because remember, they have picks one and four. And then they have 33 and 35 in round two. Because remember, they have both of Houston's first two picks. And then, of course, they also have Philadelphia's uh, Philadelphia's second round pick. So, it would be really interesting if it be interesting to see if they don't take Barkley, if they still... Because there's obviously a lot of good running backs still in this draft. You know, you could get a guy like Sonny Michel, possibly in round two, or Nick Chubb, round three, Ronald Jones of USC, 
is going to be up there. Darius Geis. So there's running backs to be had if you miss out on Saquon Barkley. And I think that's where the Browns are still in a pretty advantageous position. You know, if they still want to go after a guy, like I said, if they miss on Barkley and if they want to go after a guy like, say, Minka Fitzpatrick with the second with their second pick. So but nonetheless, good to see the Browns active and really trying to turn things around. So with that, I think we'll wrap things up. Uh, rambled on a little bit here. That's okay, but it's all good. I uh, do appreciate you guys listening as always. And remember, we've got free agency now starting. Tuesday afternoon is the official start. I believe it's Tuesday. I'm sorry, Wednesday. I'm sorry, it's Wednesday the 14th. Wednesday afternoon, everything gets going. It's the official start of free agency at 4 o'clock Eastern time. We do have the legal tampering period coming up in a couple days, though, so... Obviously, things will start spilling out. Obviously, the big storyline we'll be following is the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. We'll see where he lands and then the domino effect after that. But we'll be here doing doing the best we can to keep track of it all for you guys and see what the Panthers do. And then we'll start getting you ready for draft season after that. So until next time, this is Bill Rossetti saying thanks so much for listening to the Lockdown Panthers podcast. And we'll see you next year right here on LOP. Take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.